Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 12. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. As usual, I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So if I'm sounding a little bit croaky today or my voice sounds a little bit different it is because this house is now the lurgy house it um people are dropping like flies so so i'm hopefully it doesn't spoil the sound too much or perhaps it makes me sound better who knows it's an interesting time of the year you know we've got eight days left of of well eight days working uh, left before the Christmas break and I'm noticing that some people are seem to be completely winding down and getting a lot more voicemails perhaps that's just me though but it's it's that time where what you find that there's two types of of people is the people that wind down they get ready for their their break and then you've got the other people who seem to be really focused on well how do I create my success for the following year and they get into the planning phase because if it's quiet, it gives you this perfect opportunity in in a couple of ways. One, because then it doesn't encroach in your downtime with your family. Um, and two, you're still in business mode or you're still in work mode. Although for entrepreneurs, I don't know whether it ever really shuts down. But it's this opportunity for you to start looking at the, you know, the targets, you know, how, what do I need to do for next year? What do I want to do for next year? How can I improve from my results from this year? And it's, and it's a really important part. So when you hit 2017, when you come back from that Christmas break, you're already going to hit the ground running rather than do the planning phase when you get back, which to me seems madness because you're losing valuable time but it's that it's that great opportunity for you to really start focusing on what it is that you need to get done and we're going to do a a special episode about planning for 2017 in the beginning of January talking about strategies that I use talking about strategies that I know people who I know and have found useful use and it's just a way to really focus on on the important stuff about making sure 2017 is the best year yet because that's what we want so, but without further ado, let's introduce our guest for this week's show. So our guest today is Cole Gray. Cole is a graphics and brand designer whose passion for branding is as big as his beard. He's the owner and head honcho of Pixels Inc. Design Studio and Dundee. With 19 years of commercial design experience under his signature baseball cap, Cole helps his clients tell their story through branding, creating deeper, meaningful connections with their customers. Cole is now making moves into the video realm with his YouTube channel, where he helps people to understand the basics of graphic and brand design, as well as helping people to communicate more easily with designers and to raise the profile of graphics design as a valued service. Cole has no awards, no book deals, no corporate sponsors, but he does own a great collection of 80s and 90s comic books, is a sci-fi geek, and is a metal DJ in his spare time. Cole, I just want to say welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Brilliant. So, Cole, could you give us a little bit of a, a background story about your journey into this adventure of entrepreneurship? Oh, it's a long one. <laughs> um, well, I suppose it's not a long one. Um, the actual entrepreneurship side of it, I suppose, because I've never, it's one of those words, I've never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, you kind of think of the Richard Bransons and the people yes. that are making it big, but I've 
my journey has really come probably the way that a lot of designers' journeys have, and that's went to went to um, college and did a graphic design qualification for three years. Didn't feel I was ready for the big bad world, so I did another three years at um, Dundee University studying animation for three years, um, and that was really interesting, um, but it uses up all your patience. And by the time I graduated there with my honours degree, I'd kind of drifted back into the world of graphic design. Um, and that was 1998. And then worked my way through a few different design studios. I'd say my first job was in a very small design studio in Dundee. And I was there for four weeks. Didn't get on with the, the owner. Okay. <laughs> and... Um, Moved from there, ended up like an awful lot of graduates in a call center. Worked in a call center for three months. The amount of people that work in there with degrees is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and then I got a job for a video production company out in Perthshire, um, which was a great grounding. And I learned a lot there. And um, a lot of really clever people worked there. And kind of moved from there into a few other design studios. And then in the last design studio I worked in, um, it's hard to say without kind of you know kind of mm. putting the hatchet in. Um, but the um, my my boss from from that my last job ran the studio with a an iron fist and he kind of ran it through fear. One of those kind of bosses. And when you're a creative, if you're really stressed out and and kind of fearful all the time, it's quite hard to be. To come up with ideas and, and designs so it was kind of a vicious circle you, you know you're constantly under pressure and stress and um, I became an entrepreneur through need really and um, because I, I handed in my resignation because I couldn't cope with the stress levels um, there anymore and went out on my own um, so I suppose I have him to thank for that he made me take the plunge um, and I started up Pixels Inc in 2005 yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's for four years I worked on my own as a just as a sole trader. Then I joined up with a company called CreoSpace, who are based down in Norfolk. And we met through a mutual client. They were web designers and web developers, and, and they were kind of struggling on the design side of things. I was being asked more and more to do websites, and that wasn't my my cup of tea, really. So we, we joined up and we did some projects together, and then the guys asked if I wanted to join them as a as part of their limited company. I continued to trade as Pixels Inc. because it's a precious name to me. I'd been building up for a few years, and uh, we worked together for five years, and then in 2013 or 14, um, 14 it must have been. We then went our separate ways again, and that had kind of just reached the end of its journey. It, it was an amicable thing. There was no kind of animosity between that split. And so to get back to your initial question, I feel I've been an entrepreneur since 2014 right. uh, because it was at that point that I met um, Laura Lucas. I took Laura on to be a business coach because I was just floundering. I, I had work coming in, but... I was treading water and I, I couldn't take any more levels of work on, but I wasn't making much money um, doing great work for very little money. So my clients were over the moon, obviously, with that. Um, but for me, I wasn't going anywhere. So I kind of spent my last dollar um, on Laura. And um, Laura did wonders for me and for my confidence as a designer and also kind of teaching me more entrepreneurial skills. And she introduced me to 
a mutual friend of ours, Christopher Marr yep. of the Content Marketing Academy. And really, that's it's from that point, from joining the CMA um, and going to the Content Marketing Academy conference in 2015, in September, that's the point where I truly felt like an entrepreneur. And from there on in, things have just gone incredibly well. Brilliant. So that's my story. Brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's interesting as well, because my background, I spent 12 years in screen printing. So it's, oh, um, yeah. it's 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 interesting hearing the stories because it is a, a really high pressure job, and the last thing you need is people adding more pressure that's unnecessary it is, to it. it. Yeah, you don't. Some people think they get the, the best out of people that way, but really, you don't. Not in, not in that sort of environment. No, you don't. no, it's just, it's just poor management, really. I'm, I'm most of the time, yeah. In my I agree, absolutely. Yeah. So, so with you sort of specialising in in the, the area that you do, I think there's a couple of key ones. I've been watching some of your videos and your Facebook Live things, and a lot mm-hmm. of it you're talking about branding and you talk about yeah. the importance of colours and all of those sort of things. How, for you, how quickly do you think should someone should be really thinking about their branding for their business? You know, if someone's starting off, do they go down the... The dreaded route, and I don't like this route because of the printing background. Do they go down the Vista print one and just uh-huh. get some cheap cards? Because I uh-huh. still don't know how they make it. Um, or do they do they really invest that time, energy, speaking to a designer and looking at it and be, and look focusing more on their brand? Yeah, I think the funny thing is, is I, I'm you know I'm learning every day as well. I I don't know at all mm. in terms of branding, but every day I'm learning more and maybe. A message that I would have given to a client two, three years ago, I wouldn't do now, or, or I will do now. It's, it's three years ago. If you'd have said to me, "Would you ever recommend a client going to Vistaprint?" Yeah. I would have looked away in disgust, um, because Vistaprint just—I just—they prey on people's lack of knowledge, in my opinion, in terms of quality of what quality is. Okay, um, and but. To answer your question, I would say that in the main, when you start a new business, um, it will take you one or two years to find your true voice or what I call your brand tone of voice. Yes. Um, You'll start the business knowing what you want to do, but really in a way, it's your customers that control your business. Hmm. So it will take a couple of years to find your footing, find your customer base, and then your customer will make demands of you in terms of what they're looking for, um, what their needs are, and your business may then kind of almost warp or change to envelope what the customer wants rather than what you started off thinking what the customer needed. Um, And so there can be a danger in, in spending money at the start of your business journey, um, spending a lot of money on a properly carried out um, branding project because, you know, you could be paying a few thousand pounds for that. Mm. Um, So I would always suggest that, yes, at the beginning, consult a professional designer Mm. um, and let them know what you're doing and they can help you sort of you know, you'll have your business name. So there are little things you can do. You know, you can get a nice little, you can get your business name written up in a nice font, make it look professional. Mm. And then after a couple of years, if you know the business has really got a solid footing, then you can maybe look at um, doing some 
further research and looking at your audience, saying, right, what do my audience expect? What am I finding out from this? And then invest the money into a brand, which is really the essence of what you've discovered on your journey. Um, so the Vistaprint thing, I think there are still there are still better routes than Vistaprint. Mm. But if you need, you know, if you need some very quick graphics or mm. things like that for Facebook, then I'm not averse these days to telling my clients to go and use things like Fiverr.com yeah. for small jobs like that, because there are hundreds and thousands of designers that can do tidy little jobs. Mm. But if when it comes to things like your brand, you really need to invest the time and money in someone that knows that area inside out so that you're getting, and then this is where it flips around. It's not what you want. The designer will give you what you need. They they know how branding works. You don't. Yes. And you need to kind of, you need to take a step back. And I'm always saying to my clients, the logo is not for you. Hmm. It's just, it's not for you. Yes, you need to like the brand and you need to like how it looks, but it's not for you. Your, your brand is there to attract and to interact with your customer. Yeah. So yeah. try to distance yourself. Try to put yourself in the customer's shoe almost um, a, when it comes to that. It's an interesting one because, because I didn't realize how, how in-depth. Because I think I've gone through about probably about four or five different branding exercises and my logos have changed in some way, shape, yeah. or form. And it's when you meet someone who says they work with brand and then you meet someone who knows exactly what they're talking about, it is a completely different conversation. And the amount yeah. of detail that can go into just on colours, never mind font, just about yeah. like picking yeah. the right colours. It's like a whole different and, language. And it's, it's and a truly amazing thing. Sorry to talk over you there, Jeff. That's kind of – that's why – you should always be wary if you're going to um, be spending money on branding and it seems too good to be true. Um, one of the largest parts of a brand exercise is the research part, researching customers, researching your um, your area of business, your competitors, what are they doing, how are they working. That's all vital stuff. So that time needs to be paid for. So if you're finding someone that will design your logo for you for 150 quid, mm. they're not doing any research. What they're going to do is they're just going to go, okay, you are a coffee shop, right? Okay, let's start drawing a coffee cup with your name around it. You know, it's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but you know, there is a market for that. And that's the kind of thing that I say you should start off with. Invest a little bit in, in a nice-looking image, but don't expect that to be your brand. Um, that will develop. Your logo, your brand is more than your logo anyway. Your logo is sort of a, a visual cue to make people think about your brand. Um, to pull an old phrase out, Jeff, uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon said, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So it's, you know, they don't talk about your logo and how that looks when you're not in the room. We talk about what you're like and what your business is like and how you interact with your customers when you're not in the room. So yeah, you know, just, um, just be aware that there's different price levels of designer for a reason. And it usually the higher you go, the more experience they have. So the more that they will be able to invest into your brand for you. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's because I was watching a video you did the other day about substrate 
and showing the um sorry uh, materials and papers and stuff and it was um those big thick books that you yeah. get and i remember just yeah. having tons of them on my desk and having to go through and a client rang up and went okay well we're looking at this sort of material and this and it was it's just a you know and, and I, I for me is that is part that is part of it as well isn't it it's not just the the colors and what the name is the brand is also what type of feeling you want and everything else yeah. isn't it yeah there's, yeah, there's everything into it. And, you know, you might want one type of mood, but then you decide that your favorite color is red. And you go, well, red is, you know, red is, yes, it's fiery, it's creative, it's energetic, but it's also danger, you know. So, mm. and that's not the mood that you just told me that you're trying to get across with your brand tone of voice. So we need to rethink the colors that, that will make up your brand. And that's kind of where the whole, this is what I like. Yeah, but that's not what you need kind of comes into brand yeah and do you, do you think it's because the the person is so it's their business it's their baby they can't let almost like let someone yeah. tell them the story it is a, it's absolutely that and i totally understand it and i can sympathize with them and empathize with them as well because you know one of the hardest things as a graphic designer is doing your own brand yeah. um, <laughs> you know you're kind of you, you're, it's harder to take yourself, I'm going to take myself out of my shoes and be sort of two steps away from where I need to be to make sure that I get what I want. And, you know, funnily enough, I've gone for red. Um, but um, it's just, yeah, you need to you need to be careful with it. Yeah. And, and, and with, with that and sort of in that way, do you... Have you noticed that more people tend to be going more for the online design side than the sort of the the flyers and the brochures and that sort of stuff, or are you sort of experienced because you're experiencing from sort of this the the head of the spear? Do you sort of feel that the we sometimes put too much emphasis on t- on the digital side? Um, there was definitely definitely a case of that. Um, where people started to um, budgets got a lot smaller, obviously due to the, the, the financial crisis. Two thousand and eight um, didn't really the, the crisis didn't really affect me as a designer for about a, a good eighteen months because what happened was people were like people hadn't been advertising that much, and then they felt well we need to get the business because times are tough, so they started advertising, but then budgets started to run out and the advertising stopped especially in the print area, flyers and things like that. And people thought, right, I think we can get more money or more for our money if we go online and start advertising on Facebook and, you know, Google AdWords and things. Um, and I kind of agree with that. And what's happened now is it's a bit like sort of um, the amount of junk mail you get through your letterbox. You know, you just, you just pick it all up as a pile and put it in the bin. Um, what I'm finding May, it may just be the way I kind of speak to my customers, but generally um, I find that when people now are thinking about doing printed materials, they are having less, lower quantities, but higher quality. Yes. So if they had originally, so two years ago, if they had a £250 budget, which isn't a big budget, um, they may want me to print and design 5000 a5 leaflets on 130 gram floppy lightweight paper whereas now they they will be they're more targeted they're looking at their audience they're looking at who they want to attract and so they'll maybe instead of getting 5000 done 
they'll get 500 done, but on much better quality paper. Um, and I do believe, I fully believe, and that's why I still print really nice business cards, is that people still like a tactile feel to things. Um, but in general, I think budgets have really gone, and I think there's a lot less print happening these days. But where it is happening, it's of a higher quality. But that's my experience. There may be other design studios who deal with different levels of clients who may disagree with me there, but that's, from my experience, that's what's happening anyway. No, oh, brilliant. Well, Con, thank you very much for sharing that. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to dive into the um, the questions. And, um, cool. So, so get comfortable. <laughs> See what comes up. Okay, so the first question is, is how much time do you spend a month on self-development? Um, probably not enough. Um, I am, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in the Content Marketing Academy, but I'm also in one of sort of the upper echelons of the Content Marketing Academy. I'm in what's known as the Fellowship, and we meet yes. once a month for half a day and go sort of really deep into self-development and, and what we're trying to do um, with our businesses. Um, there's 10 of us in that group, so it's like a mastermind type yeah. thing. Um, and um, we get a bit of homework to do. Um, so I have to, I'm not a big book reader. I'm terrible at reading books, um, okay. so especially business books. But um, So I have, a, I have a couple of books to read. So I probably not enough. I would probably say in total maybe – day and a half a month okay total time which is a huge amount i suppose yeah but i suppose as if you're doing a mastermind it's more intense as well though. yeah so you know, we get a lot done we get a lot yeah. done yeah and interestingly enough chris chris's interviews after yours so um when we're talking yeah. about content marketing you'll um you'll get more information on that and then on the next episode with um with chris marcus he's um he's interviewed for the show as well so that'd be cool um brilliant okay so the second question is what well actually you might not answer this one because it's what is your favorite personal <laughs> development book and why but it doesn't necessarily have to be a sort of personal development book it might be uh -huh. a book that you've just learned something from well to be honest the the, the book um is the automatic customer okay by John Warlow. And that's the last book that um, Chris had us read. And to be honest, I wasn't interested in it at all. I was like, well, I'm not interested. What's this automatic customer? Like, well, that's about membership groups and things. I'm not interested in that. And then um, I got two chapters in and I was hooked. It was a really easy read. Um, you know, it was just, I just, I just found it really easy to read. And it's, it got my brain to almost flip. 180 degrees and start thinking, well, actually, how can I turn a graphic design business into something a, a bit more that would maybe, you know, sort of generate uh, a steady revenue stream as well as the, the regular client work that I do? And then I've now started laying the groundworks for a, a membership group. Um, oh, fantastic. You know, um, where people want to kind of go further into, and it'll be about helping people build their brands so they'll be able to come in and we'll have webinars and things um, to go a bit deeper, a bit like a master class, a mastermind group um, for people that want to take their brand 
that have already got brands and just want to know what to do with it. How can we how can we leverage our brand better for our customer base? So yeah, I'm really excited about that. That's um, so that, that was the automatic customer. That's definitely been a game changer for me. I've I've just ordered it. So um, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because it, it's something. It's obviously with what Chris has done with this the content marketing academy and. Um, I'm looking at doing with the um, the Success IQ one. It's it's always interesting yeah. to get more and more information about it. And I do think it's, you know, knowledge is power. So it's the more you know, the more you can at least work on it with, in a systematic way, you know? Absolutely, so, yeah. Automatic customer. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, the third question is, what is your favorite app? Ooh, favorite app goes to his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Just this is spin your finger. Probably, this is going to sound really boring, but it's probably it's probably my calendar because okay. without it, I would be, be lost, yeah. completely lost. Um, I'm kind of it, it, it does rule my day. But in terms of um, in terms of ones which I use to kind of help me um, with my with my work, um, there's a little app called Adobe Cooler. Um, okay. And that's K U L E R, and it's um, it allows me to pick color schemes and things. Um, and they've actually just um, released one by Pantone as well, called Pantone Studio, that allows me to take a photograph on my phone, and it will generate a color palette from what's in that image. And as a designer, that's that, amazing. That's, it's a really great thing because it can it can spark off all sorts of different directions with design work. So, um, yeah, yeah most of my of those, apps, you can get rid of those silly books. No, 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 no. I can't just... get rid of the books. <laughs> <laughs> the books. The Pantone books are the holy grail of the... Uh, yeah, yeah. They're like the Bibles. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the big G.F. Smith paper books. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I suppose mine's are, mine's are be more the design apps that I go yes. to. Um and I've got a couple of I've got um, Evernote and things for taking down some some notes, but definitely the yeah. Pantone one and the Adobe ones are, are the thing. Excellent, excellent. Um, uh, the fourth question is: What was your biggest business mistake, and what did it teach you? Um, I think my biggest business mistake, um would be not spending money on myself. Um, constantly, this gets down to self-development, really, um, which is why I've kind of, like I said earlier, where it's really only since 2014-15 I felt like an entrepreneur, which is when I started spending money on self-development. Up until that point, just because I'd had um, certain financial worries and things when I basically walked out of that job to start Pixels Inc. That was a, a tough financial time. Um, and so I had to watch my pennies and I kind of, that, that stuck with me. And, when, and instead of um, investing in my business and investing in me, I didn't do that. I felt, oh, must keep the money in the bank. And I think I do honestly believe that that's held my business back yeah. by about eight years, which is a long time. Um, but, it's not been a wasted journey. I'm just now treating it as a very slow upward curve um, yeah. and learned a lot. But, yeah, I think the biggest mistake I made is not investing in myself. In yeah, terms it's, an, of it's an interesting one because I come across that quite a lot, whether 
they're not either not wanting to invest in a coach or they're not wanting to yeah. invest in training or something because they much prefer to to sort of be that they're probably scared it's probably that yeah fear thing it's, of, it's a really scary thing i mean when yeah. I, I say I, I was literally down to my last few thousand pounds and i thought i can't keep going on like this and i yeah. thought i'm going to spend this with a coach yeah and i have no safety net so i have to act on what yeah. i learn um, and that was a and from that point i have spent more money in the mm. past two years than i've than I spent in, in the entirety of the sort of the nine years before that. But the ROI on it in terms of how I feel and where I see my business going, it's just, it's yeah. counterintuitive in a way because you think, oh, I'm spending money, I'm spending money, but it comes back to you. It, it, it really does. It's, it's very much well worth doing. And it's one of those things that you hear people say, I wish I'd done it years ago. Yeah. Uh, but I think I did it at the right time. I think yes. it all everything seemed to come along as a perfect sort of perfect storm of meeting the right people at exactly the right time for me. Um, so yeah, and at least you were open enough to take to take note of that. Yeah, you, yeah, I was ready were, at that point. Yeah, you had the foresight to go. Okay, now's now. Now I'm going to go for yeah. it. Yeah, or, yeah. So um, okay, so number, question five: What are your challenges in balancing work and life? Well, I put a post up last night on Facebook that just said, "What is this?" Something along the lines of, "What is this mythical work-life balance?" Um, Absolutely. As I, as I was sitting editing uh, my latest YouTube video at half past eleven at night, um, <laughs> to be honest, I think I'm my own worst enemy in terms of of, of time management. Um, if I've got three weeks to do a project, I will do it the night before <laughs> it's due. Yeah. Um, okay. And and um, uh, speaking to speaking to a friend today um, about that actually, and where you you almost you you almost make yourself believe that you are much more efficient when you're under extreme pressure to get the yeah. job done, yeah. and and I I do kind of believe that a little bit. It, yeah. it makes you kind of everything's firing to triangle, but then there's also a lot of stress, so that can kind of hold you back. Um, but yeah, my time management. I'm getting better. Um, yeah. I think as I'm as my business is moving into um, attracting clients who appreciate the value of graphic design rather than it being a cost. Yes. And the the level of value of project is higher, which means I have more time to spend on that project to give a much better finish. So actually, my last every project I've done for the last four or five, the last one has been I've ever done because I've had the time to to do it. Whereas the past ten, I've had to do seventy projects a month just to pay the bills because they're all low value. Get them out the door. So yeah. um, that my time management and the, the work life balance is definitely improving. Um, although my partner may disagree, she may disagree <laughs> with that. I never, yes. I never see you. Um, but uh, yes, I know. No, I don't I, think I, I live. <laughs> well, we had this conversation <laughs> with, with the last guest, and we, we were talking about it should be more. It's more like work-life integration than work-life balance. Yeah, and, and to, I, I love my job. Yeah. I don't really see it as work most of the time. No, um, I, I love it. I mean, and if I'm working on a project which is really starting to stress me out, 
to to calm me down, I will go and design something for myself. Yes. Um, so I'm still designing. So am, am I still technically working? Or you know, so um, and you know, I did. I I was very very honest with myself and also I've got a 13 year old son and mm. I haven't seen much of his, him growing up at all because I threw myself into my work and I was doing it for him but mm. it gets to the, you know I, I've realized now that I've kind of missed yes. the formative years and I made a promise to him six months ago that that would all change and mm. we're getting on great you know and spending time together so there are differences you do you do realize things as time moves on and um, yeah, so yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's getting better. And he's yeah. understanding now. He, he's of an age that really kind of understands what I was doing, but it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't make you feel fantastic. No. But it was, my heart was in the right place yes. for doing it. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so question number six is, is, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known when starting out? Um, have an opinion. Cool. Oh, I like that one. Okay. Um, don't be don't be afraid to have an opinion. Um, it's as a design, especially designers, we're very. <clears throat> if you design something and you've got to hit that send button, and you're like, oh, what if they hate it? What if they don't yeah. like it? Um, but you've obviously designed it for a reason. You know, you've designed it that way for a reason. If they come back, or or if you did make a design, I think for. When I started writing blogs um, and having an opinion, writing something that says, oh, this, these are my thoughts on this subject. Oh, but what if all my design peers come back and say you're wrong? Oh, my life's over. If that happens, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, but if I were old and brave enough at the start to have an opinion and say, well, actually, no, I strongly believe that this is the right thing for you, then you'd be surprised that people who you may well in your own head think, oh, they're, they're not going to react well to this, will nine times out of ten appreciate your honesty. They may not like it at that point, and they may be a bit standoffish or get a bit angry with you about certain things, but the amount of times where I've had people come back to me and say, you know what, I really appreciate your honesty and your opinion on that. You're the expert, and that's why I'm paying you. Whereas if you don't have an opinion and you just do everything that the client says – you're just you're not a designer as such you're just you're a piece of equipment that they're just directing so that would be my my one piece of advice to any designer yes you may be new to the industry you don't have a portfolio you've not got much work but what you do have is you do have your own personality and your own opinions so make sure you use them because that's what will set you apart from the 29 other graduates in your class they won't have an opinion because they'll be wanting to and please the client all the time. Hmm. Whereas sometimes you have to upset the client to give them what they need, not what they want. Yeah, so that's totally, yeah. totally. Sometimes it's not what they want to hear, but it's the thing that they have to hear. It's, yeah. And that's a scary thing to, to have to, to tell. And it's taken me, you know, sort of, well, I graduated in 1998. So it's taken me, till last year <laughs> to, to be confident enough to use my opinion <laughs> um but it's that self-development thing yeah it's brilliant okay so the final question is, is the life lesson quiz so basically what we do is i ask my guest 
to pick a number between 1 to 50. We see what number pops up. We see what life lesson um, comes up, and then we have a discussion. It is fine if you disagree with it because that's why it's a life lesson. Yeah. But it's just to see what sort of comes up. So you have a number between 1 to 50, sir. I'm going to go for the um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, 42. 42. Comfort zone. So it's about being willing. You know, what I, what I found is is when I was recovering from my illness and, and, and on this journey of, you know, wanting to own my own business and the entrepreneurship and everything, it very little happens until you're willing to jump out of it. Yeah. And it's it's a frightening thing um, to 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 push past because you really sometimes do feel the pushback mm-hmm. in order to break through. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just wondering what you what you think about that. Um, I was very comfortable in my comfort zone. <laughs> um, I you know I had my slippers on. I was in the comfy chair and did not want to leave it. Um, but that was at, it. Was at the point where I spent that money with Laura, that was me literally throwing myself off of a cliff um, out of my comfort zone. That was a really scary time. And I still, there are little things that um, still push me back and pull me back into my comfort zone. But I've been doing, one of the parts of my self-development was um, I did an eight-week course called Thrive, which um, is kind of, um, it's about um, making you look at your belief system. And I don't mean that in a religious way. It's not a religious, but uh, sort of the way you think. So, uh, you know, are you a black and white thinker? Are you a catastrophic thinker? Are you a perfectionist thinker? Um, And it has you look at those. And all of those can kind of trap you into a company because you don't want to, to kind of, your finger out and have it bitten off um but i would i would 110 agree with you that you to to move yourself forward you have to push yourself out. and it can be just that dipping your toe in the water you know that start yeah. but for me for me that's not enough i have to actually fling myself forward 10 feet past where i need to be and then you know kind of dangle there for a bit and yeah. um, see what happens um, because you do feel, you know, it, you, it's it's a fear but an excitement at the same time. And once you get the buzz from that, it's it, it actually gets easier, I think, to to start pushing that envelope each time something comes up um, with it. Um, it does help to have people around you who are also doing the same. So that's kind of where the, that's kind of where the, the Content Marathon Academy comes in for me. Because as much as I'm, I'm, I'm taking that leap, I don't feel I'm doing it on my own. There are people there to kind of hold me and make sure that, you know, no, it's cool. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. And if it's not fine, you come back, you learn what happened, and we try again. So um, yeah. as a life lesson, yeah, you, you need to kind of take your slippers off and into the water. I've, no, I've never, in all the years I've done this, I've never heard someone say I had me slippers on in my comfort zone. I love that one. I can just see you now in your smoking jacket and your pipe. <laughs> brilliant. Excellent. I have got my dress again. <laughs> well, brilliant. Carl, thanks, thank you very much for, for sharing us, your thoughts, your yeah. insights. It's been really um, how, um, how can people find more about you? Okay. Um, 
I'm um, well, my business Pixels Inc. And that's, or you could pronounce it Pixel Sync. It's easier to remember that it's a K on the end. Um, so my website is pixelsinc.com. Um, you will find me on Twitter as Pixels Call. Um, where else am I? I'm generally Pixels Call on most of the social media platforms. Um, on Facebook, it's Pixels Inc. Design, but you'll get links to basically all my social media from my website. Um, and of course, my YouTube channel, yes. um, which is youtube.com forward slash Pixels Inc. That's been going since June. Um, please don't judge me off of my first video on that channel. Um, that's a, a block of wood in a chair on that first video. Um, I'm getting better. Um, I highly recommend but- it. Yeah, I think um, as much as I'm learning presentation skills as each video goes by, but I do think that the actual content is valuable, um, and I think we'll get an awful lot out of it. So, yeah, please um, subscribe to my YouTube channel and um, ask me any questions that you want because I'm always hanging about on there ready to answer them. Um, It would be great to um, get some of your listeners on. And if you do join because you've listened to this, um, please say so so that I can let Jeff know. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Con. What we'll do is I'll put all of the links and everything on the show notes as well. So that, um, so they've got a, a quick link to to find everything. So, Con, just to say thank you very much for being on the show. It's been a great pleasure, and you take, take good care of yourself, mate. Thanks very much, Jeff. It's been excellent. Thank you. So we've come to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have benefited from listening, please could you take some time to pop over to iTunes, leave a review and a rating as it helps me promote the show, allowing me to support other people, which you know is a big mission of mine. If you would like to email me to ask some questions or perhaps suggest some topics, you can send me emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk. I love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make this show better. If you would like to find out more about me and how I can assist you to live the exceptional life, then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter, which is GNCoach, and all the other social media sites is Jeff Nicholson UK. I look forward to speaking to you next week, and I wish you the greatest success. Take care.